Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Let's get going. Your Ben Jarofsky Show for Wednesday, May 20th is moments away. But before we get into all this, we got to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring our program. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 in District 8. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, are sponsors, as well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. You unions are awesome. Thank you so much for sponsoring our show. And, of course, today's Ben Jarofsky Show for Wednesday, May 20th, is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. All right, Benny J, our song of the day request comes from one Fred. How's it going, Fred? Mm -hmm. Fred's request, Wouldn't Want to Be Like You by Alan Parsons Project. Wouldn't want to be like you. Not quite. I I know I know that song. I swear, D, I know I know that song, but I wouldn't want to be like you. Isn't Alan Parsons Project the one that does the introduction to the Bulls? Yeah, yeah. D. And now, that was the the worst version of that song I've heard ever. (laughs) The starting forward at six foot three, 215 pounds from Walton High School, the doctor. Yeah. (laughs) All right, one more time that song, though. I wouldn't want to be like you. (laughs) Thanks, Fred. The Ben Jarofsky (laughs) Show starts now. Wednesday, May 20th, and live from Ben's house, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's the long-awaited return of the downstate Democrat, Bob Diber. Now your host, the furthest thing from downstate, <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Mad Dog Madigan Wednesday, and here's why. It's showtime in Springfield today, ladies and gentlemen. It's if you got it, show it time. It's a battle of the heavyweights. Yes! In one corner from the southwest side of Chicago, weighing in at a scrawny 150 pounds, Michael Joseph Madigan. Yeah, that's not a heavyweight. <laughs> you think Michael Madigan weighs about 150? I don't know. He's a skinny yeah, guy. Nah, he looks like about 92. <laughs> skinny guy, man. He's a bat. Bantam weight. <laughs> A.K.A. Mad Dog Madigan. And in the other corner, from downstate, Zena, Illinois, weighing in at a flabby 275 pounds. Yeah. Oh, we had to call him Flabby, huh? <laughs> well, he's got a beefy feller. Come on, Zinia. man. Xenia. Xenia, Illinois, weighing in at a trim 342. A husky, <laughs> husky. A husky. <laughs> weighing in at a husky. That's good, D. A husky. 
275 pounds at least. Darren, big boy Bailey. Huh. <laughs> You're going down, Pritchard. <laughs> no. Mad dog. Yeah, it's oh, it's the new face of the Republican Party uh, versus the old face of the Democratic Party. I haven't felt this much pre-fight anticipation and jitters since 1974 Rumble in the Jungle when Muhammad Ali battled George Foreman and Zaire, and I'll now do my Howard Cosell imitation that Dr. D has been begging me to do. Oh, he's been waiting all day to do this, guys. A left, a right, Foreman is down, Foreman is down. God, I just almost want to run downstairs and watch it on YouTube, D. One of my favorite fights of all time. Darren Big Boy Bailey is the leader of the Republican Party resistance to J.B. Pritzker. Another big feller, by the way, might say, hey, maybe they should meet in the ring, huh? <laughs> J.B. versus D.B. <laughs> oh, good day. Ha, come here. <laughs> ha. Uh, you know, J.B., of course, with his stay-at-home order in the face of the pandemic to keep us safe and sound. And uh, Darren Bailey, you know, you got to give him credit, folks. He just says, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. Uh-uh, no, no, can't go for that. In fact, he breaks in the hall and oats. Some uh-uh. would say <laughs> that uh, Darren ain't caring. You know what I mean? Ain't caring about a thing. Whoa. Darren ain't caring, DB, big feller. Bailey, <laughs> the farmer. All right? Now, you know, this is the basic. This is sort of the cornerstone of resistance for uh, the Republican Party these days. Uh, they don't believe the virus is real crisis uh, because only old people are apparently dying from it, they, as they see it, even though that's not true, uh, especially old black people. And um, I'm just going to come out and say this, folks. I think it may have been – I can't remember which guest was the first one to point this out to me. Maybe Dennis. I don't know. I, somebody pointed this out to me. If you noticed, the resistance – uh, didn't really kick in until his first report showed that uh, black people were dying at a greater rate than white people. I believe it was reoccurring Ben Jarosky show guest, uh, one dub C, Candace Castillo. Candace, she was like, dumb. okay, yeah, I got to give Candace a shout out. By the way, uh, JT will be here tomorrow. J- Jeanette Taylor will be here tomorrow. Think of Candace Castillo, maybe think of that. Anyway, focus, Ben, focus. Uh, so as soon as they figured out that, hmm. It's mostly older black people dying. Well, they're not Republicans. Let's go for the resistance. Somehow or other, they've convinced themselves that this virus will not attack them because they're Republicans. Interesting con- concept of science. Maybe they're right. I don't know. I'm no scientist. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they know I think somebody. you've just drawn that conclusion, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe they're right. You know, maybe that's it's only a virus that attacks people who live in Chicago or Cook County or black people. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe, maybe the Republicans are correct in this one. So anyway, that's the that's the face of the new resistance is uh, Dara Bailey. He is the one who filed suit against J.B. Pritzker and saying that uh, the J.B. had gone too far in his stay at home order and uh, sought uh, a judge ruling to uh, what exempt him from the order. And he won that exemption. And ever since then, he has been sort of pr- perhaps the most prominent Republican uh, resistor in the state of Illinois, I'd have to say. And uh, yesterday. He uh, stepped it up uh, one more. Uh, He said that he would not repeat not wear a mask. Now, let me just uh, back up a little bit and explain what's going on. Um, The uh, Michael Madigan has convened a meeting of the state legislature, the House of Representatives, the first meeting they've had since... I want to say February, D. I can't remember the last one. It's been so long. We've been in this attic for so long. I can't remember when they last had a meeting, but it's the first one. 
Uh, it's about time. Unless, I don't know why they didn't have a virtual one before this, but whatever. Maybe they just don't have Zoom in Springfield. Uh, so anyway, they're going to have this meeting, uh, and there's certain rules that must be followed, Michael Madigan says. For health considerations, everybody who comes to the meeting must wear a mask. Uh, and um, Darren Bailey says, I'm not wearing a mask. I don't feel I uh, need to wear a mask. I don't think there's a, a, a health danger to uh, for me not wearing a mask. I feel it's a restriction of my liberty if you make me wear a mask, and I'm just not going to wear a mask. All right. Now, other Republicans, other Republican representatives have toyed with the notion of not wearing a mask, but they seem to have pulled back on it. They say they they do also question the need for doing it, but they feel like that would just take too much attention from some of the issues that the Republican that the, the legislators will be discussing, like how to deal with the budget deficit. So they're going to play along with Madigan's rule that you have to wear a mask uh, so as not to divert from the issues, the like the financial issues, the, the serious financial issues that uh, the state is facing and that the state reps are facing. But uh, Darren Bailey, at last I saw, was saying, nope, I'm not going to wear a mask, to which Michael Madigan said, if you don't wear a mask, we're not going to let you in. So that's why it's the big showdown. Ooh. And let me see. I'm going to see if I have an update. Um, got an update? Nope, no update yet as to when, uh, if, if they had the confrontation. I think it's going to go well, down. I don't know what website you're following. I got an update. Darren <laughs> Bailey had a delicious breakfast at the Old Country Buffet. I don't know where you, what site you're following. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> Big feller. That's his pre-fight meal, all right? <laughs> and what did Madigan have for his pre-fight meal? Uh, let me look here. One apple. <laughs> well, that's why one guy weighs in at a scrawny 98, and the other's uh, a husky. Uh, husky. Right, D? Not flabby. Husky. Put your mask on. 275. Zoom. I yeah. just love someone trying to get Madigan to do a Zoom meeting. That's a great concept to I, me. I know. By the way, I think the city council's meeting today via Zoom. So, uh, yeah. Oh, quit stealing my news, pal. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not know uh, that pre-show prep really went down well today, huh, D? You're uh, zooming into my news. Who's zooming who? Anyway. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, so he says he, he is not going to wear the mask. Now, it's a tough uh, situation that Madigan is facing, that Democrats are facing. Follow me on this, folks. Uh if they don't enforce the wear the mask rule, it sort of undercuts the credibility of their position that everyone has to wear a mask. So then other reps will go, hey, if he doesn't have to wear a mask, why don't I have to wear a mask? I thought it was so important. So, you know, yeah, rules are rules, right? On the other hand, if they do try to enforce it, uh, well, you know, he'll turn uh, big Darren Bailey into a uh, nationwide martyr. He'll be like a martyr of MAGA hat wearers everywhere, and they'll break into a chorus whenever they see his face. Come on and join our convoy, which is, you know, D is the official song of, of the year of Ben Jarofsky's show. The MAGA hat resistance oh. movement. Yeah, it's their official song. Come you, on and join our convoy. You love that song. Uh, so, you know, you got to give Republicans credit for this, folks. And I, and I mean this. Uh, they don't back down. Uh, Democrats, on the other hand, they just are always backing down. In fact, this is something that was on my mind. I didn't talk about it yesterday. Just thought I would reflect on this. Uh, Barack Obama gave a speech this weekend, a virtual graduation commencement speech, I think it was, uh, in which he criticized Donald Trump. But in his criticism of Donald Trump for the way Donald Trump handle, is handling the pandemic, guess what? He didn't mention Donald Trump. It's like a real subtle, nuanced criticism, critique of Donald Trump. Now, just a, Meanwhile, Donald Trump has created a non-existence corruption scandal called Obamagate. 
He doesn't have any. He's just putting it out. Obamagate. Obamagate's tweeting it out on Twitter. He's got the, the base all fired up. That's how Donald Trump does it, right? But Obama's like, he's so nuanced and so cool and so subtle. He'll give a critique, a criticism, which I think is warranted of Donald Trump's handling of the pandemic. I think Donald Trump's done an abysmal job of handling uh, the, the coronavirus pandemic here in this country. I think that's, I think anybody, I think most Republicans would ad- admit to that if, you know, it was private, public, not public, but privately. So, but Barack Obama, he won't even mention Donald Trump's name. That's how Democrats play the game. They're like afraid. Well, I don't know what they're afraid of. They're afraid of criticizing Donald Trump uh, op- openly, something like that. It's so nuanced. It's like <laughs> Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. Now Barack Obama's like, when they go low, we go subtle. You can't be subtle in this day and age. You got to fight him. Just say his name, man. <laughs> say it. Say his name. Come on, you could do it, Barack Obama. Orange, he's um, evil. Donald Trump is a wreck. I don't know. Something. Just be, you know, it's like, what is he saying? People are like deciphering, you know. Come on, Barack Obama. You're the, you really are the leader of the Democratic Party. I mean, let's be honest. Joe Biden is, Joe Biden has the nomination because he was your vice president. Nobody is looking to Joe Biden with a great deal of confidence, even though I have a number of Biden lovers who come on the show and dutifully say, Ben, he really knows what he's doing. Ben, he's going to be a great president. Ben, he's going to be a great kid. Then they get mad at me after the show. Why do you insist on criticizing Joe Biden? I'm just, you know, speaking the way a lot of Democrats speak. Like, he's not really inspiring us right now. So Barack Obama is like... He is the Democratic Party. He is the symbol of the Democratic Party, the great, the great leader of the Democratic Party. So if he won't come out and openly criticize, criticize Donald Trump, man, how do you expect to win this thing? Huh? I mean, you got to get in there. He won't even come out of his basement. No, Biden? Yeah. yeah. Well, at least I'm pretty sure Obama's left his basement. Anyway, so uh, that's the difference between uh, Dems and Republicans. Republicans uh, fight hard. They come strong. They're not subtle in any way. And uh, Darren Bailey is to face that. He does not care one way, one bit, what uh, Democrats have to say about him. Now, look, they articulate a principle. The principle is economic liberty. The principle is uh, the fact that, that you should not have your government tell you when you can open your business and when you close your business that uh, that that's just going too far. Now, I personally do not believe, and I'm just going to put it out there, that the Republicans who articulate this liberty really believe in the liberty. For instance, I've been following carefully some uh, police sheriffs, law enforcement officers out the country say that they're not going to enforce stay-at-home orders. Now, I can understand that. I actually do. Their, their their conscience bothers them. You know, they're they're they think about it, and they why would they? Dennis and I talk about this all the time. Why would you arrest people uh, at this moment? Like the whole issue is you don't put people in jail at this very moment because it's so dangerous in jail. So I don't know if like arresting people is a great idea in the middle of a, a pandemic. Uh, so I can understand a law enforcement officer having, you know just weighing on his consciousness on his conscience uh that going too far by uh taking law-abiding business people who just want to keep their business going putting them in jail but where was that conviction when they were arresting arresting thousands of black people for reefer 
Where was that belief in that the law goes too far when you were looking the other way at white people smoking it and arresting black people for smoking? It's just like the picking and choosing of what constitutes liberty and a stand against liberty kind of makes me believe that Republicans don't really believe in liberty. They just believe that it's a very useful tactic to use against the Democrats. And so that's kind of where I stand with Darren Bailey on this. I'd have a lot greater faith in Darren Bailey's belief in liberty if I saw him stand up, let's say, to the unfair enforcement of uh, cannabis laws or marijuana laws or whatever they're called. And uh, if he had done something like that, I could maybe believe that uh, he's a man of his conviction. If he was a, a dues-paying member of the ACLU, I could believe he's a man of his conviction. But I'm... You know, I just got a feeling that this is just another tactic in the Republican game. And, um, you know, here's the thing that uh, that uh, really irritates me when I think about this. In Michael Madigan, Darren Bailey has a great foil. Michael Joseph Madigan, the uh, leader of the Democratic Party in the state of Illinois, the Speaker of the House, uh, who's held that position for, I don't know how many years, 30 years, something like that. He's been the most powerful uh, legislator in Springfield for a long, long time. Uh, powerful Democratic committeeman from the southwest side of Chicago. Bruce Rauner, Governor Bruce Rauner, spent millions of dollars turning Michael Madigan into a boogeyman, turning Michael Madigan into a successful foil that the Republicans could exploit when they wanted to rile up their base and give some, like, a greater purpose to their onslaught, which is really about destroying unions and collective bargaining rights in the state of Illinois, but somehow making it sort of like a meaningful reform. You know, it, they did, it didn't stop them from cutting deals with other Democratic chieftains like Mayor Richard Daley or Mayor Rahm Emanuel. No, they just selected Michael Madigan and they turned him into this caricature of the Democratic boss, the corrupt Democratic Chicago ward boss. It's very successful. It's so successful that they've brainwashed Democrats into believing it. you got so many Democrats on the lakefront. They're like, Dudley do writes, oh, yes, you have to admit, Ben, the Tribune and the Republicans and Rauner have a point when it comes to Michael Madigan. Man, you guys are just like spreading Republican propaganda. It's like Republican talking points coming out of Democrats. No wonder the Republicans have more power than the Democrats, even though there are more Democratic voters than Republicans. Did you ever think about that, Democrats? Anyway, so in about a half hour or so, D, they're going to have this great showdown. I don't know. We'll see. Will Darren Bailey just decide to wear the mask? Will Michael Joseph Madigan have to have Steve Brown carry him out? Can you just imagine that, Steve Brown? Come on, big fella, wrestling him out. Oh, God damn, he's a big guy. You know, the showdown in Springfield. But folks, let's just remember this. This is just round one. The real battle is in November. We got a great show today, everybody. Yeah! Bob Diver will be here, the downstate Democrat, the man Dennis voted for for governor, and I wish I voted for him. And uh, he'll I'll be... vote for him for anything, if I can. Well, you get a chance. He is right. Well, you... Uh, uh, you can't actually vote for well, we got to get down to business. He's running for office in Madison uh, County. But uh, uh, he just sent me a texty, and he told me the number to call him at. So at 2 o'clock, Bob Diber uh, will be on the phone. We'll be talking about all kinds of— That's de- this guy. Well, we got to get down to business. That's him. That's that, Bob Diber. That is, one more time. I love that. Just one more time. But we got to get down to business. That is correct, Bobby D. Bob Diber will be here. And then uh, after we'll do a little more basketball talk for the second oh, part yay. of the show. Yay. <laughs> yay. Mm. <laughs> oh, peace.
I love the basketball talk, man. It's a very popular feature in the Ben Droski show. Anyway, uh, so plenty of political talk ahead of us. Before we do that, the young man from Alton, the man who comes from the same county as Bob Diver. Oh, yeah. And back home in Alton, Bob Diver calls him Dr. Doobie with the news. It sounds like I sell Bob Diver weed. I don't do that, all right? But he still calls you Dr. Doobie. Uh, Dr. Doobie, can you <laughs> sell me a nickel bag? <laughs> okay. That's just a joke, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, I'm Dennis, by the way. Uh, let's talk about what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. First up, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. This little light of mine, <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> Today, our mayor led her aldermen and women in today's virtual city council meeting brought to you by Mike Madigan's favorite, Zoom. <laughs> Madigan's not playing with Zoom. Uh, <laughs> Zoom? Zoom your ass out of my face. Get out of here. Give me an apple. Yeah. What, uh, what did Alderman Ray Lopez do to piss off the mayor this time? Well, we're waiting to find out, and we'll let you know as soon as we do. By you the way, Dave Glowatz covering that for us. Nice. Very popular feature in the Ben Jarowski show. Be on the lookout for that, all right? Mm -hmm. In the meantime, let's talk about when the hell Chicago is going to open back up, or at least... Uh, when everyone's favorite, the lakefront, will open back up. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and France Bielman. She's the woe man. Under pressure to loosen her iron-fisted grip. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Fran. Iron-fisted grip, yeah. <laughs> Under pressure to loosen her iron-fisted grip, Mayor Lightfoot says that she's working on a plan to reopen the lakefront in a way that protects Chicagoans oblivious to the need to maintain social distance. Now, remember, just like our Illinois governor, Lightfoot recently unveiled her own five-phase plan plan to gradually reopen the city and just like the governor's plan we're also in phase two real original mayor <laughs> <laughs> on the day she unveiled her five-step plan to gradually reopen the chicago economy lightfoot said people had been sending her quote really interesting suggestions about ways to reopen the lakefront by doing it in phases and having segmented hours for particular activities. The mayor said she would consider those ideas whenever the city meets the rigid standards that she has established to graduate to phase three. Uh, what her plan calls the quote, cautiously reopen level. That's correct. <laughs> Thank you, Robert Mueller. Uh, so today we're talking about reopening the lakefront. Before we go any further, Ben, how's your life been without the lakefront thus far? Wow. Thank you for asking. Incomplete? Yes. Uh, as Dennis knows, I'm a big lover of the lakefront. And um, yeah, starting in about May, I would go there pretty much. Well, I live, how many, what is it, about three miles from the lakefront, D? Something like that. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, so I ride my bike there, and I go for walks along the lakefront. I think nice thoughts, and I look at the water, and look at the little birds, and the golfers, and talk to the hippies smoking reefer on Cricket Hill. That's a great thing, man. I really enjoy it. I watch the soccer players. It's one of my favorite things. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, been an adjustment for me, and I really miss the lakefront. Plus, let's not forget, D. Let's not forget the big, you talk about the showdown in Springfield, Darren Bailey versus Michael Joseph Madigan, Michael Joseph Mad Dog Madigan. Don't forget the Ben Jarofsky Mark Brown showdown at Cricket Hill. I haven't oh, forgotten that goodness. one. Uh, yeah, that's, eat, move over Lollapalooza. <laughs> this is the summer event. Sometimes columnist Mark Brown wrote an 
excellent column uh, about two months ago, I want to say, where he was talking about the lakefront closing and how much he loves Cricket Hill, which is the only hill in the city of Chicago. And as one of our listeners, I can't remember which one says, it used to be known as Hillbilly Hill, right? Yeah, that was an interesting uh, conversation we had there that day. Who who was the listener that said that? I think maybe Babs. Babs. There's a lot of people there. Um, Yeah, anyway, so... um, uh, so Mark Brown said he he does that that hill fifteen times. He he likes to run up and I'm like fifteen times. I have a hard time believing that. So I'm looking forward to when we can go back to the lakefront with Mark Brown. Maybe we could do a like a, a remote podcast or something uh, from the lakefront. But I really miss oh, it. Where are we gonna plug our stuff in? Well, that's you know that's your you got to. Oh, great! You're, you're the brains of that one. All right, can't you just have like a handheld thing? I'm gonna or find something? a three mile extension cord and uh, plug in in your attic. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, going back to the lakefront. Miss it uh, dearly. And I have a lot of ideas for uh, what Lori can do, but let's hear what Lori has to, uh, what, what Lori's coming up with. Dee. All right, let's read some Lori quotes here. And no, I'm not reading them as Alex Jones, guys. Aren't oh, I? come on, man. Oh, come on. Just do one as I Alex would like Jones. to have uh, a career in the city of Chicago. So, quoting Lori Lightfoot as Alex Jones, I don't. <laughs> See, that is getting me too many jobs. But uh, She was actually on your favorite podcast, Ben. Uh, he actually told me this before we started today's show. The Axe Files with David Axelrod. Yeah. Uh, and she, she, I read that. I haven't heard the, the interview, but. Yeah, okay. I, I got to give yeah. Axe credit because he got some good quotes out of her from what I read. I know you're going to read them, correct, D? Yeah. Okay, yeah, he got some good quotes. Hey, Axe. Good quotes. Good quotes, you know. Sounds a lot like Dr. Phil, if you ask me, old uh, Axelrod. Lori, come on. (laughs) Don't ruin our lives. Wait, is that your David Axelrod imitation? Yeah, it's my, uh, well, it's my Dr. Phil. Uh, Okay, okay, all right. All right, when asked about reopening the lakefront, Lori said, quote, I go back to what led me to close it. We had a lot of education around social gathering, the danger of clustering in too large a group. We talked over and over and over again, and people just flat out ignored the guidance. Do you agree with that? I wouldn't say no. people flat out no. ignored it. You know me on this subject. It's one of my favorite subjects, and I, I was I, I was not going to go there, but since she said it flat out ignored No. The city ah. of Chicago dropped the ball, all right? The city of Chicago did not show leadership on that issue. And let me just say this. The lakefront would not be flocked with people today. Okay, people go to the lakefront when it's a really nice. That the great number. Oh, someone's coming out of the porta potty, D. Uh, don't you have to hit a box? <laughs> My dad's here. Father. <laughs> Papa. <laughs> You never know who's going to come out of that porta potty. <laughs> yes, yesterday you were you were doing the news and some like random guy. Oh, oh yeah, that was, <laughs> yesterday. Don't remind me. No stress Tuesday, and that was the day the show just went you to know, shit. Just applying no, it. Wait, let long. me hold on, hold on. <laughs> come on, man, we're in the attic, dude. All right, you know. By the way, a tangent within a tangent. Let's give a shout out to our good friend Joe Rogan. A hundred million dollar oh, deal. That's crazy. <laughs> hey, where's ours? Where's our hundred million dollar deal? Joe Rogan, the probably the he's not the number one. I've always been saying D that he's the number one uh, podcaster in America. But there's some other podcast that beats him. I can't remember off the top of my head which one. Oh, it is. what deal did they sign with Spotify? 
I don't think they did sign it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rogan's definitely the number one. Joe Rogan, uh, people must know him. We've talked about Joe Rogan on the show. I, all of our listeners have to know who Joe Rogan is. Uh, anyway, so he uh, he just cut a deal with Spotify, $100 million. Uh, Dennis sent me the article last night. I was reading it and weeping with jealousy. Uh, so congratulations, Joe Rogan. Hey, anyone, anytime you want to kick the crumb to me and the doctor, come on. We'll be like the preliminary, right? Congratulations, Joe Rogan. Deep down, I kind of hate your guts now. <laughs> no, stop it, man. That's correct. You used to love Joe Rogan. Uh, anyway, uh, so where was I? I forgot where I was with that Joe Rogan uh, tangent. Oh, well. Oh, oh great. Yeah, I know. I can't ever. Oh, Lord, thank you, D, for reminding me. You're welcome. Um, so I don't even know how I got to Joe Rogan. I really cannot follow the breadcrumbs anymore because the guy coming out of the porta potty ate him. But uh, so this is my look. Lori Lightfoot dropped the ball. The city of Chicago dropped the ball on the whole lakefront thing. People don't go to the lakefront unless it's in great numbers, in threatening, life-threatening, in pandemic numbers, unless it's a beautiful day. If you go, most of these cold, dreary, rainy days, the only people you'll see in the lakefront are me and Mark Brown. All right, so, and... Weirdos. <laughs> weirdos, exactly. Weirdos. Exactly. Sorry, okay? Mark Brown. And some, you know, reefer heads and this, that, and the other thing. And <laughs> Me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have actually never seen you at the lakefront. I don't like the lakefront. I can't stand it. Wow. I am anti-lakefront. Really? Yeah. You don't, do, you, do you not like beaches? I don't really like beaches, no. Okay. Right, learning yeah. a lot. I've known you for three years. Did not know eh, this. Eh, not a fan. Uh, well, anyway, uh, interesting. Did not know that, <laughs> to quote Eugene Levy. Uh, so, anyway, so, but most Chicagoans are like Dr. D. They only go, well, he doesn't go to the lakefront at all. Most Chicagoans only go to the lakefront when it's a nice day. If it's not a nice day, they don't go to the lakefront. So, on the nicest day of the year, which was... I forget when this was, but I've lost track of time. Uh, Lori Lightfoot had uh, given these general rules that were supposed to stay at home, nothing specific about the lakefront. And then to her shock and dismay, it was a nice day and everybody went to the lakefront. And then she got really mad, held a press conference, waved pictures in the air of people at the lakefront and blamed it on Chicagoans. And I'm just saying, you know, you kind of had a kind of dropped the ball there. Well, we got you know, I hate to interrupt your timeline here, but we got to go back before to like February when, you know, she said it was don't listen to this stuff. Go out. Okay. Have fun. <laughs> Party, guys. Yeah. It's cool. Okay, all right. You're right. Was that you're I was that February or January. That was like February. Was it February? Yeah. yeah. That was the whole thing like it was exaggerated. So listen, no none of us have been perfect. We say this all the time. None of us have been perfect when it comes. We, some guests on the show, who I will not name, have come on back in January and said, this thing is ridiculous. This thing is overhyped, exaggerated. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not naming any names. Uh, some dear friends of mine said that on the air. I'm not naming any names. Uh, and I, you know, I was for, for a long time, we didn't even talk about it. Remember, we're yeah. like, I don't know. What do we know? We're, you know, one guy's a basketball junkie and the other one is uh, Dennis. Is, <laughs> I was going to say a wrestling fan. But uh, uh, so, you know, what do we know? We're not like we're not scientists. We're not doctors. We don't know. And uh, when it became obvious that it's a very real and very life threatening matter, uh, Lori Lightfoot scrambled to catch up. And I give her credit. Overall, I give her a high mark. Steve James was just asking me about this. Yesterday. I give her a high mark for the way she's carried herself during this pandemic. But the one 
criticism I have, or there's a couple I have, but the biggest criticism I have has to do with the way she handled the Lakefront and the way she kind of just like turned on Chicagoans, blamed Chicagoans when their administration dropped the ball. That's how I view it, D. They did not... And then Chicagoans were like, oh, yeah, you're right. We did drop the ball. We're so stupid. You know, and Mary was like, yeah, you did. Yeah, Stay home. Yeah, Chicagoans are so masochistic <laughs> when it comes to their mayor. Whip me some more. Here, I'll turn around. Hit me again. I love Mayor Lightfoot. People get so mad at me. Stop criticizing. It's like Dems. You know how Dems get mad at me about Biden? They're always, Ben, stop criticizing Biden. We won't win the election if you keep criticizing Biden. I'm like... My lefty listeners are not going to vote for Joe Biden, okay? They're just, the real lefty ones aren't going to vote for him. So there's nothing I could say. Hey, we got more Lightfoot uh, oh, quotes to sorry, read here. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, we, I love that tangent, though. Yeah, I think it started with my dad in the porta potty. No, All right. Like, hey, what's going on, Papa? Papa was a rolling stone. Sorry, man. All right. Lori Lightfoot continues about uh, opening up the lakefront uh, during David Axelrod's podcast. Ben's favorite. He listens to every episode. The X-Files. He's like, oh, D, man, you got to listen to this X-File. Like, that show sucks. All right. So here we go. There goes that Axelrod interview out the window. Well, Ben, uh, tell me about TIFFs. All Wait, right. t- oh, first of all, the last guy who would want to talk about tips is David Axelrod, right? <laughs> but that's like the one thing that he would know about you, right? That's like the one oh, thing. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. If you didn't know Ben Jarofsky or you didn't really want to get into knowing Ben Jarofsky, you, all you got to know, tips. Can I just say something about that? What? No, just say something like that. Say it. You know, like, when I die, that'll be my old Ben Jarofsky, an up- expert on tips. <laughs> like, what about the Bulls? I know the Bulls as much as I know tips. Why don't they go an expert on the Bulls? <laughs> no, it's going to be tips, D. It's going to be tips. You know, I tuned him out on pretty much everything else, but boy, he knew a lot about tips. <laughs> what about the Bulls? I didn't really listen to him. Tuned him out. Tips, though. That's boy. actually, like, can I just say uh, a little... Uh, credit to I urge everybody go back and check out that Craig Hodges interview that is one heck of an interview right D huh pretty good yeah it is good good job Craig Hodges go ahead young man I I, I went on a tangent but David Axel would not want to talk to me uh, he would rather talk to me about basketball than tips because he's a dem and dems don't like talking about tips because it's their little slush fun D okay so we're not allowed to talk about it Come on, man. You should know that. What got me in trouble at that last place? Talking about tough. So Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Lincoln Yards that got you fired. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, by the way, be on the lookout for that uh, Ben Jarofsky podcast. Still trying to work on it. The uh, extra one, uh, Tangent Within a Tangent. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. All right. Lori Lightfoot quotes here. She said, quote, what I want to do is when we reopen the lakefront, and we will, oh, thank God. <laughs> We do it in a way that's... He hates the lakefront, ladies and gentlemen. I hate it. Don't like it. Uh, We do it in a way that's smart. Unfortunately, we have to play to the lowest common denominator. All you idiots! Oh, my God. That's cold, Lord. I saw that quote. That's cold. The lowest common denominator? Like the people in your office who didn't look at the weather app and see that it was going to be a nice day the next day? People who don't watch the news? I don't know. I didn't know that Chicagoans run outside at that first nice day? That lowest common denominator? People are busy working and don't watch you on TV? But I, I give her credit because she expressed the attitude that all mayors have towards Chicago. They usually keep hitting like, what a bunch of morons. They buy. They f- Remember they quote the other guy? Oh, it was a, the France story about more. Um, 
uh, Lori Lightfoot's first year in office was last week you were reading it. Uh-huh. And she quoted some guy, I can't remember, some political consultant who was doing the political consultant spin that they do. And he was like, oh, Chicagoans love a mayor that levels with them. And I was just laughing, like, what mayor has ever leveled with? But there, Lori Lightfoot is just letting it be known, but a bunch of dummies out there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I admit it, Lori Lightfoot, we are dumb. We elected Mayor Daly how many times in a row? And Mayor Rahm, we reelected him. So, yeah, not the brightest folks in the world here in the city of Chicago. Uh, you got to play to the dummies uh, here. <laughs> uh, the person who's just not going to pay attention, says Lightfoot. What do we do to make sure we keep that person safe and minimize the risk of this idiot? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, minimize <laughs> the risk that they're going to pose to other people. And then Max Rod's nodding his head going, they are, they are morons. I agree with you, Mayor Lightfoot. You're brilliant. <laughs> You're brilliant. They're dumb. Oh, good. Uh, by the way, shout out to, uh, that's the quote, but uh, shout out to Brianna. Uh, Brianna says, instead of RIP, Ben's grave will say TIF. <laughs> That's excellent. Send her a blue Mustang. We don't give away cars. Uh, Never have. Wait, by the way, did I leave the blue Mustang at the studio? Yes, you did. Oh, man, I missed that And thing. the Harold the Washington thing. Maybe I'll ride my bike to go get uh, the blue Mustang and the Harold Washington thing. Yeah, man, I missed that Harold Washington bust. Yeah, I was sitting right let, there. Let all the listeners see that. Yeah, the Harold Washington <laughs> bust. I said I have to look at this bottle of water. <laughs> I missed the studio. Sorry, dude. So that quote there, uh, you got anything else you want to say there about this quote before we move on? Yeah, that uh, Lori Lightfoot, I give her credit. I'm going to give uh, Lori Lightfoot credit for letting the uh, cat out of the bag, so to speak, and expressing how mayors can view Chicago as a bunch of dummies. And I don't blame them. I'm just putting that out there. Do not blame mayors for thinking that the, uh, the voters and the electorate of the city of Chicago are dumb because they keep voting for these mayors. Okay, so that's state exhibit A. Uh, you know, so yeah, that's my main takeaway from that quote. Oh, Lightfoot has something she wants to say to you specifically, Ben. We will shut you down. <laughs> we will cite you. Whoa. And if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Oh, Holy crap. What did you do? She, I'm sorry, Mayor Lightfoot. It was Dennis who made me do it. It was Dennis. Arrest him, not me. I yeah. love the light front. One of, those, one of these idiots you talk about all the time. Dennis, huh? Yeah. Franz Spielman continues, during the X-Files taping, the mayor talked again about the need to reopen the lakefront, saying, quote, there's nothing more calming or cathartic okay. than heading down Lakeshore <laughs> Drive and finding that little secret spot to watch the water and the waves. I kind of, I like that. It was very poetic. I remember reading that this morning. Oh, man, get out the reefer, you know, back in the day. D, have you ever smoked reefer at the lakefront? You'd have a yeah, different yeah, yeah. attitude no, about I've it. No, smoked, I've smoked weed like on the beach and stuff. Okay, I'm talking about the rocks, man. The they, rocks, man. Then well, you have these not, heavy conversations. Like, not the rocks, man. the rocks, but the rocks on the beach. Okay, okay. Like, There's big... Not smoking rocks, guys. Boulders, yeah. No, come on, man. Hey, man. Uh, so, no, I'm with you, Lori. I, I understand that, that feeling that those little... Mo- it's getting harder to find hidden parts of the lakefront, you know, because... Well, to your point, Mayor Lightfoot, the lakefront gets very crowded unless it's pouring rain and cold out. And then you don't have to worry about closing the lakefront because no one's there. Sorry, D. We will shut you down. (laughs) We will cite you. And if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Wow. 
Where's that from, by the way? We've been playing that for a while. I don't remember where it's from. It was, uh, she gave like a press conference outside. It was like right after uh, she talked to uh, the group of kids playing basketball or whatever. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, let's see. Yeah, she said, we'll get there, but we're just not ready yet. Yeah. So yeah, we're not ready yet. Well, here's, uh, can I give my wife's suggestion again, D? Don't like cars. See, I always thought that was a great idea. Mm-hmm. I wonder if any other people have sent that to her. Um, you know, part of the reason the lakefront gets so crowded when the lake, when it's a nice day, people drive there and that's so much of the congestion is people driving the, the car traffic going in and out people, uh, that's when you really have the big crowds at the lakefront. So maybe, I don't know, limit the access by not allowing cars to park on the lakefront. Ah, just a thought. Okay. Just a thought. Shout out to Kyle. Uh, Kyle says, uh, Ben, you also left the Chicago city club certificate at the studio. <laughs> oh my God, Kyle. Thank you for reminding me of that. Thank you. Uh, of course. <laughs> that is a great reminder. Yes, indeed. I left my uh, cert- uh, certificate. It was a year ago, D this is time flying a year ago. The city club, uh, invited me to come be part of a presentation. Apparently they couldn't find anybody else that day. And they go, all right, we'll invite the hippie from the reader and bring them in, you know? Uh, and I didn't even want to go. Dennis made me go. Okay. Th- tell the truth. D you may be Ben will be good for the show. Yeah. You know, you, you can rub elbows, uh, you know, get us out there, get Denny some uh, new pair of shoes, man. So, Come on. So I went and you know, it wasn't, that much fun and anyway the in guy in a roundabout way he was the lowest common denominator <laughs> I was, the... they're like who is this guy why why do you think anybody would want to hear this hippie you know uh, i i think i trashed tips there remember all eyes are rolling oh god here he goes again i this... think the intro was and uh for the first person to ever ride their bike to yes. receive a, a certificate i rode nice my... sneakers ben jarofsky <laughs> rode my bike and had my helmet and a backpack and they're like get this guy out of here no, at first they're like, oh, the pizza's here. Like, no, I'm Ben. I'm not delivering food. I'm Ben. It's Grubhub uh, on a bicycle. Anyway, so I went to the city club. They gave me a certificate. And then, this is the point. I didn't realize this. But in addition to the certificate, they give you a year free membership in the city club. Dude. So for the last year, I was a member of the city club. Okay. I didn't even know that. And I don't know what like you get out of being a member of the city. I don't know. Maybe you get to go to the luncheons. I have no idea what you get for being a member. All I know is that I think it was today. I got an email from the city club saying, uh, your membership has expired. Please renew. Oh my God. I was like, oh my God, I'm a member of the City Club. I didn't take advantage of it. I think City Club members get to go to the lakefront, D. Just made that up. And I heard uh, uh, free access to the vending machine. Yeah. So being a member of the City Club doesn't really buy you anything. But I did uh, get that lovely certificate which Dan Mialopoulos signed. Remember that, D? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he signed that after he did uh, City Club Gate. God, did we have fun with City Club Gate. Remember City Club Gate? I'm writing this down, making a list here. George Washington bust. Blue Mustang City Club certificate. Yeah. Looks like I'm taking a bike ride uh, back to the studio to get these toys. Oh, man. To get man. these props that none of you can see. But it will no. really help highlight the show. And, and I also just want to say this. I am beaming out positive rays of good vibrations. I believe that, what is it? That's phase, good vitamin D, by the way. Phase three. is it, We're in phase two, and we're going to phase three, if all goes well, D, right? Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Uh, okay, I can make, make sure I get my phases correct. That if we're good little boys and girls. Phase three, we will be back in the studio 
Like, I mean, you know, I really want to be back in the studio. I know D's got mixed feelings. He's loving the life here, but I really want to be back in the studio. So I know I don't think any of our guests will show up except for Mark Sims. By the way, great interview with Mark Sims yesterday. I really enjoyed that. Interview. Check it out. Mark Sims, both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast, Mark Sims says the F word. All right, moving on. More Chicago news. It's this week's Willie Watch. <laughs> Willie Watch. Yeah, it happened again, everybody. For like the fifth week in a row entrepreneur and former 2019 Chicago mayoral candidate Willie Wilson has made the news so now it's a segment <laughs> a segment called Willie Watch apparently. Willie Watch or Willie Not Watch? Oh <laughs> Deep thoughts from Ben Jarofsky. Willie Wilson. Whoa. Mayoral candidate. In case you didn't know, Mr. Wilson, well, he's not the biggest fan of Illinois stay-at-home order. So the following from Black Club Chicago and Alex Hernandez should come as no surprise. This went down on Sunday. Businessman, former mayoral candidate, and potential U.S. Senate candidate Willie Wilson joined members of a Ravenswood church at an in-person worship service in defiance of Governor J.B. Pritzker's stay-at-home order. Philadelphia Romanian Church Chicago which is at 1713 West Sunnyside Avenue. I don't think that's too far from no. here. I uh, When I go for my long walk at night, when I'm, you know, since I can't go to the lakefront, D, <laughs> uh, and I'm walking through the neighborhood, I'm thinking my great thoughts and thinking about the Bulls and Michael Jeffrey Jordan and Craig Hodges for three, yeah! When I'm doing those walks, D, mm -hmm. uh, I, I stroll past that church, uh, you know, so that's the long walk. But I take that long walk. See, Dennis takes long bike rides. People don't know this about Dennis. He, his nickname in high school was Lance Armstrong. <laughs> and uh, he, he takes long bike rides. Like, didn't you go up to Schaumburg yesterday? You're almost oh, made I told it. the audience yesterday. I went to Mount Prospect. Mount Prospect. And today he came in. He was... Um, Road to Evanston. Evanston. Today. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen. Dennis got up at 7.30. 7.30. Had a cup of coffee. And hopped on his bike and rode to Evanston from his house, which is on the northwest side of Chicago, or his apartment on the northwest side of Chicago. D, that's a heck of a ride. And then did you come back straight here from Evanston? Yeah, I came straight here. And he was, he, he walked in the house today. He was just like beaming. He was just like, you could tell, like, I was kind of jealous, man. He looked, he looked like he'd been working out, was fit, and ready to go. And I'm like, God. Damn, I gotta start getting up earlier. Quit saying the Lord's name in vain. I said God dang. <laughs> okay? By the way, guys, don't worry. I take the side roads. I'm avoiding the trails. I'm social distancing very well. I bet you there was hardly anybody out today. No, there's nobody really around yeah. on the roads I take, all right? All right, so let's talk about this church, all right? Ben loves church. Uh, church my favorite. I told you. That's your favorite chicken. Dodge, no, <laughs> Dodge and Dempster. Mm, there was a great churches right Please, there. Please, let's Dodge. talk about this story. Oh. Philadelphia Romanian Church, Chicago, 17, 1713 West Sunnyside Avenue welcomed 80 people to a 90-minute service, according to Pastor Florentee Simpian. I probably butchered that. It is at least the third church in the city alongside churches in Albany Park and Belmont Cragen, known to have flouted the executive order, which bans gatherings of more than 10 people. Uh, like we said, Lightfoot attended uh, service at, at these churches on Sunday. Willie Wilson did. Who did I say? You said Lightfoot. 
Oh my goodness! You had a moment of oh, dyslexia. You've been hanging around me too oh long. Good. Yep, you uh, <laughs> you did it, D. I am that lowest common denominator. The okay, mayor man. refers to. Been there many times. Oh come on! <laughs> All right, but this quote. <laughs> Wait, was that your Lori Lightfoot imitation? No. Okay, okay. Uh, it was, but okay. Uh, this uh, quote from Willie Wilson, Ben. It may be our top contender for quote of the year. Have you heard this quote from Willie? I don't know. I gotta let me read it and I'll. I'll tell you if I heard All it. All right. When asked to speak on his visits to the churches and while wearing a black tuxedo, medical gloves with no mask. <laughs> Wait a minute. He had the gloves on, but no mask? No mask. He's got that Darren Bailey vibe going. Willie said about his church visits, quote, I'm so happy to be here. I feel like singer James Brown. I feel good. That is a great quote. Remember when Willie was Willie was a, a frequent guest the show the last time he was on the show he we, he was in the a studio with Monroe Anderson remember that one day oh yeah it I felt was bad you guys were like cornering him I mean come on you have to defend your position Willie need, you guys were needling Willie Willie is a Republican he's a Republican okay so you know he's. I believe he's the only Republican who's ever been on the show. Is that correct, Nick? Well, I don't know what the hell Spazzato is. <laughs> That's true. Nick. Oh, I love Nick. It's my guy, man. Don't say anything bad about Nick No, Spazzato. I like him. I think he's a, a nice guy. Very sweet man. Yeah. I just don't know what he yeah, is. I like Willie Wilson. There you go. Willie Wilson gave me a T-shirt. Willie Wilson for Mayor well, T-shirt. That's all you need to win Ben over. <laughs> but, you know, Willie, I like Willie Wilson. What am I going to say? I like Willie Wilson. But uh, he's a Republican. There's no, you know. Uh, anyway, when he was in the studio, I was urging him to sing. Apparently, Willie Wilson's a great singer. So, But he refused to sing. So I didn't know he was a James Brown fan. So that's good to know. Yeah, jump back, kiss himself two times. Wow, you're a James Brown fan. <laughs> Did not know that. Take him to the bridge, Willie. <laughs> Look at Dr. D going back to the 60s. No, we went to high school with a guy named James Brown, and we'd always say that. Jump back, kiss yourself two times, James Brown. <laughs> that, it's Alton humor, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead. Good times. Yeah, good All time. right, and uh, we got more quotes from uh, Wilson. Willard Wilson here. He says, quote, we want to encourage you today to keep the Lord first. No matter how tough it might get, stay with the Lord. Uh, the James Brown quote was way better. Yeah, James Brown. Listen, uh, now I saw the pictures. I didn't see the pictures of this particular. No, I saw the pictures in the bright one of Willie uh, Wilson at this church, and he was wearing a mask in the picture I saw. I think he was, uh, but it was very sparsely attended, and everybody in the picture that I saw was wearing a mask. So I, it's like I told you in the show last week, D. It's like, how could that be any more dangerous than going to Jewel? You know what I'm saying? But. Uh, uh, listen, I'm not uh, a very a religious person to put in my way. So I feel no urge to go to church or synagogue or mosque or any house of worship. I think you're sort of the same way, D, right? Yeah. And so, I, you know, so I don't really get it. And... That's about all I can say on this matter. That's about all we can say on that matter. Yeah. And that was this week's Willy Watch. Willy Watch, 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 watch. I, I have to say this before we leave Willy Watch, that Hermaine Hartman, who a longtime uh, newspaper publisher in the city of Chicago, I get her, uh, I don't know, it's a newsletter. Or something. Oh, any boy. relation to Tom Hartman? Uh, none. 
None whatsoever. Does she like gold? Uh, <laughs> How about beets? Please do your Tom Hartman imitation. Ah, Tom Hartman here. You ever get so stoned that uh, you go to the grocery store and you forgot where you parked, and then you leave the grocery store and you're like, I'll be darn, where did I park? I am ripped. Well, we'll be right back. There goes that Tom Hartman interview. As <laughs> if he would ever come on the show. Um, but, uh, yeah, Hermaine Hartman really took Willie Wilson to task uh, for encouraging people to go to churches in the middle of the pandemic. So I, I don't know if it's a good idea. She pointed out that uh, it's possible to um, do prayer anywhere. You don't have to be in a church to do it. And I feel as a person who is not religious, this is not my fight. You know what I'm saying, D? So yeah. like religious people are arguing over where you can go to pray. That's sort of their thing. Um, so I'm just looking at it from a side going, well, I mean... I have to believe that somebody who thinks going to church in a pandemic without taking precaution is a good idea. Someone who does not actually believe that this is real, much like some, we were talking earlier about uh, Republicans who, you know, when they saw those first news stories that uh, indicated that black people were dying at a higher rate than white people came to the conclusion that it doesn't affect them. And uh, I just saw an article in the paper yesterday. I was reading it about a, a church. I think it was in Texas that had opened up, and now they had to close it again because there was an outbreak of the virus. It's no joke, but you know. So, but yeah, it's not my argument, right? Neither you nor I are regular church goers. So, yeah, church sucks. Okay, all right. There goes that interview <laughs> with the. <laughs> With minister, oh wait, save that for Willie Wilson next time he's here. D church sucks. That All was right. Doctor D, not uh, me. Before we get out of here, I think we have some breaking news. Here's a little behind the scenes uh, info that uh, you guys listening don't know about. I brought back one person of the newsroom. Remember the newsroom, guys? Do uh, for, I remember the newsroom? For those who uh, knew us on the radio the days before Ben was fired. Um, we had a newsroom, you know, big mouth. They helped us out. And then we went to the sun times and it's like, I don't think we need a newsroom. We got an entire literal newsroom. So, uh, but we're in the attic now. So I, uh, you know, recruited one of our old newsroom members. Uh, but no, we got an update here. So let me run to the newsroom real quick and, uh, see what this, uh, (laughs) feller's got for me. And, uh, we'll talk about the breaking news. Just hang tight. Let me go to the newsroom. Hey, give me the story. Thank Uh, you. You haven't lost a you haven't lost a, a step on that newsroom thing, man. That's awesome. That guy reeks. <laughs> All right. Is he smoking reefer in the newsroom again? <laughs> I think so. We told you no reefer in the newsroom. Unless you give me some. All right. <laughs> we got an update here. Uh well, it's a wait, hold on. Let me There we go. That's what the newsroom handed me. Thanks, newsroom. Uh, It's an update on the city council meeting. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times, and who else? (laughs) Fran Spielman. Good Lord. Go to sleep, Fran. (laughs) Take a nap. My goodness. She's the hardest working news reporter. Actually, I don't know about that. Tommy Two Joints Shuba. He's a hard worker, too. I don't know. Tommy Two Joints. I heard, you know, he's taking an extra long lunch there, you know. Fran, I heard, takes no lunches. (laughs) She's like Madigan, as an apple. That's it. Oh, my God. All right. This comes from Fran Spielman. The Chicago City Council on Wednesday, today, rushed to the rescue of businesses and individuals whose everyday lives and livelihoods have been crippled by the stay-at-home shutdown triggered by the coronavirus at a virtual meeting that was downright tame. Aw. Come on, Raylo. Raylo, what are you... (laughs) MF somebody, Raylo. Come on. Come on, Carlos. 
Get in the game, man. <laughs> Ray, Ray, come on, Raylo. We yeah. were looking forward to you going strong. Yeah. Uh, at this virtual meeting, uh, let's see. Okay, she says it was downright tame compared to the last foul mouth free for all. Uh. Alderman approved a parade of relief ordinances targeting uh, O'Hare and Midway Airport uh, concessionaires that have shut down entirely or seen their revenues plummet because of the travel shutdown. That's what they're talking about here. It says normally airport concessionaires pay the city a percentage of sales or a minimum annual guarantee based sales the previous year, whichever is greater. Mm -hmm. The relief package championed by Mayor Lightfoot waives rent and fees for two months, April and May, mm -hmm. for restaurants and stores. Sorry, uh, the rest of us who rent apartments. Uh, beginning in June, those concessionaires would pay base rent only. The minimum annual guarantee would be deferred. It would need to be paid back at no interest, only when business recovers to the point where the concessionaire... Wait, time out. You have to pay it back? That's what it says here. Go The concessioner, yeah, go ahead. Uh, it hits a level of sales that is 75% of what it did in 2019 before the coronavirus. If sales, are, if sales are still depressed when the minimum annual guarantee is readjusted in January to reflect the pandemic's impact the prior year, the relief will continue until the 75% benchmark is reached. Hmm. I'd have to, you know, I'm not that good, uh, you know, with the numbers thing, Dave. That's why I'm not the business brains of my family. But it just, I, it seems to me like making them ultimately pay for something that they never got is not really fair. On the other hand, this uh, is a sign of what Mayor Lori Lightfoot's going to have to be dealing with, uh, which is a huge a plummet in uh, the revenue coming into the city and we have all these obligations out there so I, I get to struggle but you, do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it, it seems to me what she's saying is we're, we're going to waive the requirement that you pay April and May but eventually we, we will be requiring that you pay April and May well how are they ever going to recover the money they didn't make for April and May you understand what I'm saying? You're gonna for, why don't you just wipe the slate clean I don't know. Maybe I'm misunderstanding the way that went down. So. Guys, you go check out this Chicago Sun-Times uh, piece from Franz Spielman. Very lengthy. A lot of details of what went down on the city council meeting. Uh, I just uh, saw this, so I'm not going to read all of it. But uh, go check it out. Chicago Sun-Times, Franz Spielman. My God, that woman works hard. Uh, and uh, Dave Glowatch uh, will be weighing in next week, too, with uh, city council updates. Very popular feature here. Love when, uh, he comes in with all those little uh, clips that he plays. Uh Dennis, play uh, the the Lopez one. That's my. Oh, we're gonna play uh, Lopez. Uh, Dennis, play that for us, please. Yeah, and Dennis is like. Deep. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's what I do. Deek. All right. Uh, let's go to the live stream chat here before we roll on with the downstate Democrat from Madison County, Illinois. No, I'm not related to him, guys. He's just from downstate, and he's really cool. It's Bob Diber. Uh, let's see here. Going to the live stream chat. Uh, Michael weighed in. Uh, yes, Michael Girardi, author of Bailout and the Editorial Board. He says, why do you no longer call it What Else is News? Well, I didn't. I didn't know you guys liked that. Uh, so maybe, I don't know. Let's bring it back. <laughs> didn't call it that. Uh, let's see here. Brianna says, I missed the newsroom. Oh, really? Well, I'll... I'll Tell wait. them, man. I'll let them know you missed them. Hold on a second. Well, let me go in there. Hey! Brianna <laughs> said she missed you. <laughs> 
God dang it. It's a, that's a real skunky smell, man. <laughs> I know. They're dirty That's a new heads. strain, dude. I know they didn't get that from a medical uh, dispensary here in the city of Chicago. Yeah, okay? that's, that's skunk weed there. That's no Tommy Two Joint pot. That, that's lakefront weed, all right? There you go, Brianna. Uh, I, you missed him. I missed yeah, him, what too. Yeah, we, 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 don't we do what else is new anymore? <laughs> Where have you been, dude? Yeah, we got to do what else is new. Get a t-shirt, man. He just realized, guys, that we don't call it what else is news anymore. <laughs> what do we call it now? <laughs> it's just the local news. So. I like what else is news. <laughs> I haven't done it for like a year. All right. Uh, let's see here. Kyle says, uh, Dennis church, Dennis says church sucks. And then Ben says, ah, there goes that interview with God. <laughs> Thanks a lot. D that's hilarious. Who said that? Kyle <laughs> blue mess dying in the mail. <laughs> there goes that interview with God. And I was really working on it. I'm telling you, Kyle, I was so close. Oh, there goes that interview. Oh, Moses just walked out the door too, Nick. Good job with the church line, okay? Heck of a job, man. All right, Brianna says, Willie Watch, where we watch Willie try to rip off government officials and buy votes. Okay, Brianna. <laughs> yeah, Willie's, by the way, everybody, he's a Republican, but he's running for Senate uh, as an independent. And he's got the Democrats, you know, Democrats are always scared. We're so scared because the notion is that somehow or other is going to siphon off enough votes, and particularly black votes, uh, to undercut Durbin and the Republican will win. I do not believe that is going to happen, by the way. In a million years, that's not going to happen. But Democrats love to be scared. I'm a Democrat and I am very scared. <laughs> And, so uh, scared. and finally, Jim asks us here, we were talking about how we are in phase two of uh, Lori Lightfoot's uh, five phase strategy to reopen Chicago. Jim asks us, uh, is the attic phase one? <laughs> yeah, the attic's phase one. We're still stuck in phase one of the Ben Jarofsky. Miss that dude. D, what do you think? Or be not just, you know, right here, say it. Do you miss the studio or do you like life in the attic? It's hard to tell. I don't know. I, I like that it's close to ride my bike to. That's pretty cool. Uh, but there are things like uh, I easier access to like sound effects and stuff like that that I could do in the studio. But, uh, dude, I there's an elevator. That's the one thing that I'm really not too pumped about. Well, you're <laughs> not going to. Sometimes you're not going on that elevator. That, I mean, let's say we. But then we have guests, you know, like, I don't know. I got a feeling the only guest will show up is Mark Sand. I told you that already. Maybe Monroe. Nah, Monroe's. Uh, he's no, gonna dude, Monroe hasn't been outdoors once, I yeah. feel like. Since. So, like, let's. I mean, the guests who would show up, uh, well, Jeff Johnson, he, you know, he'll come in. Uh, but. I, I got a feeling, even if we go back to the studio, it'll be mostly phone calls. And I am not getting it. Oh, I didn't hate to get into that elevator anyway. I'm a stair guy. But that stairwell, but <laughs> that stairwell, you know what I'm saying, D? Yeah, I don't know. Like, and uh, I like how I like how you're kind of feeling out the guests, though. Uh, you know, uh, you asked Maya yesterday. Uh, hey, so we're thinking about coming back in June. Uh, you want to do an interview? She shot it down immediately, but, you know. By the way, uh, speaking of guests, can I let couple guests coming up. I just cut a deal with Eric Zorn. He'll be a guest uh, on the show. That's correct. Uh, I cut a deal with uh, Jeanette um, Taylor. She will, JT will be uh, on the show. JT20? Yes, JT20. Uh, and David Ferris will be returning to the show. The great David Ferris. Uh, he's got to love talking to David Ferris. Now, I will, we'll ask him. Will David Ferris come back to the studio in June? I got a feeling that most no. of our guests will not show up until... Um, 
September. Holy! <laughs> They're gonna wait and see if that second wave hits. You know, apparently uh, nobody told uh, old boy uh, Bailey that there's Darren Bailey that this thing is for real. But Mark guests are a little smarter. Well, let's start a pool uh, with the live stream chat. By the way, Jay Marie, what's up? Uh, the live stream chat. When do you guys think we will have uh, live one-on-one in-person face-to-face interviews again on the Ben Jarofsky show? Oh, ben man. is going September. September, Whoa. yeah. With the exception of Jeff Johnson. I say July. I say July. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's God, I miss our guests, man. Henry Davis, seeing him across the... <laughs> We got Radio Doogie over here ready to just deck out the attic. I can insulate a window AC <laughs> for the attic so there's no sound. I can donate webcams. Dude, we want to try to get back to the studio. That's well, our goal. I, actually, Doogie, that sounds that's helpful because wait till it gets hot in this. Dennis hasn't experienced the heat of the attic. That's a whole other meltdown about to occur. Oh, God. We'll have to put the air conditioner. We have a unit in here. You know, it'll be, Just ignore the air conditioner. Dennis, put pants on, huh? <laughs> what? Uh, All God, right, that's every- good stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Good job, D. So yeah, let's let's get it on here, uh, guys. Uh, I mean, not let's that's, get it on. Not in that it's sense, but when do you think we will uh, have one-on-one, in-person, face-to-face interviews back on the Ben Jarofsky show? Kathy uh, says August. Uh, August. So weigh in with your thoughts. I say July. Ben says September. August is right in the middle. Kathy's no dope. That's shrewd betting. Go right in the middle. You got a new win ho win ho. Oh, That's- we got we got a oh an email from uh, Darren Bailey. It says <laughs> uh, interviews tomorrow. Whoa, <laughs> love to have DB on the show. DB, come on, man. All right, uh, listen, hippies. <laughs> Wait, who? That was a great line. <laughs> there goes that interview with God. <laughs> Jan- was- okay, Michael Girardi. He says January. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, he's probably right. Wait, I'll tell you what. When we go to the studio, Michael Girardi's coming in. He's bringing that electric guitar. He's going to play some songs for us live. Yeah, Michael Girardi, you're coming into the studio when we make that return. Oh, and we'll we'll end it here, and we'll let Brent, our live stream chat listener, Brent, have the last word. Uh, All that local news we were talking about, and Brent still weighed in. (laughs) Still not voting for Biden. Don't go anywhere, everybody. When we come back... Don't get mad at me, Dems! <laughs> too late. Don't go anywhere, everybody. When we come back, it's the downstate Democrat. We're going to have some tavern talk <laughs> with Bobby D, Bob Diber. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from Ben's Attic.
we will shut you down, we will cite you, and if we need to, we will arrest you, and we will take you to jail. We heard what you want to do, now we'll tell you what's best for you. Correct. A little tip for the working man. Your employers are all our friends. That's the story from the editorial board. That's the story from the editorial We gotta get down to business. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from Ben's attic. You heard him on tape. We gotta get down to business. Now you're gonna hear him live on the show. We know what we call him the Downstate Democrat, Bob Diber. Bob, are you there? I am there, Ben. Thanks for having me this afternoon. Oh, yeah, it's our pleasure. You sound loud and clear. I wish all our guests had this sound quality going for them, Bob. I appreciate that. All right. Now, let me just give you an indication of what our life is like before we take the deep dive into yours. Uh, for the last two and a half months, Bob, uh, Dennis and I have been doing the show from my attic. And uh, because, well, the pandemic and just it just made it very problematic, to put it mildly, to do the show back at the Sun-Times studio that they had for me. So here we are in my attic and just give you a sense. I'm overlooking the alley. There's a porta potty in the alley. There's a train. (laughs) So it's it's just different times, Bob. Okay, We're, we're still we're still here. All right. We're surviving, but different times. Uh, So how about that? Hey, you're right there with Jimmy Fallon. Yes, we're right here, right? From his house, yeah. So I watch, I watch him most evenings. So, well, I'm sitting here, uh, look, looking at my office. It's other than overcast, overcast and cloudy today. Um, I got a great view. So, all right. Well, look, uh, looking at my, let's talk go about ahead. what's going on with your life. Uh, when you were coming on the show frequently, you were a candidate for governor. You've been on a couple times since then. Uh, you ran as a Democrat. You're from downstate. Tell people, just to remind people, where are you from and what's your background before we uh, take the deep dive into the issues of the day? Sure. Uh, I live in Madison County, the rural part of it. We're about 25 miles east of St. Louis. We're a border county, uh, about the eighth largest county in the state. Uh, 
I uh, was a classroom teacher for 28 years, taught uh, technical education, and has served in local government uh, as an alderman, a township supervisor, uh, and then most recently, the last 10 years, I served uh, in the elected capacity as a regional superintendent of schools in, in the county. So my background's been in education and local government, and I aspired to uh, do something larger. In 2018, I ran for governor to serve all the people of the state of Illinois. It was unsuccessful, but uh, uh, back in the business of um, trying to serve a local government and running for county chairman currently. All right, county chairman of Madison County. I suppose, is that the equivalent of, of, of the president of the Cook County Board? Is that sort of the equivalent? No, that would be equivalent, yeah. Yeah. As and, Tony Frankwick wants. Right. And now we are you. You're running. Of course, you're a Democrat. Uh, do you have a Republican opponent in this race? Sure do. He's the incumbent. He won in 2016, and we are challenging. All right. And so, what are some of the issues that are at stake in your race? Where you're again, you're a Democrat uh, running in downstate Madison County. What are some of the issues uh, that are paramount in your uh, election campaign? Well, the, the big one is, is naturally, is, is who's going to bring about economic development, who's going to bring about growth to the region, and um, maintain, uh, you know, a great quality of life, which we have here. Um, leadership uh, is a key factor on how you how you lead a, a county of, of this size and continue to make it prosperous. Uh, economic development has slowed under this administration. Uh, there's also been a lot of issues that have clouded it uh, with uh, some of its uh, personnel policies and some of the people that have been involved in their administration. The county administrator and the IT director were just dismissed by the county board because of uh, unethical behavior. And so th- these are, you know, big issues that are always in government about uh, making sure that um, your administration is doing a good job for the people. And uh, naturally, I've always been uh, a strong proponent also public education, you know, good schools grow a region and attract residents and and attract residential development. Um, So those are big issues that are at stake in the race. And uh, uh, also this whole um, COVID-19 pandemic on how it's being managed and uh, how we are going to reopen the county and and make it uh, uh, help business people uh, is naturally going to be a big issue as well, Ben. Oh, absolutely. We've been talking about that a lot, particularly the sort of like this downstate, upstate divide, which is uh, in part what gave me the idea of reaching out to you again. Uh, so let's talk about how the COVID uh, lockdown has impacted economic development in Madison County, your neck of the woods. You talk about economic development as an issue in the upcoming race. Uh, it's really hard to think of economic development at a time when so many businesses are closed uh, because of health reasons. Talk about how this is an issue oh, in your area. Oh, sure. Well, you know, all, all of the small businesses that were non-essential have been closed uh, the same length of time as they have been in Chicago. And a lot of those, uh, you know, businesses, in fact, my wife is a licensed beautician, so she hasn't worked since the first week of March. Mm-hmm. Um and um, I have one son that's in the in- entertainment business, and he hasn't worked since then either. So you have individuals like we have right here in our house that, uh, because of the stay-in order, uh, have have not had employment. So you've got a lot of anxious people that are small business owners that are are experiencing that, and they're experiencing frustration. Um, 
the essential businesses, uh, you know, we're, we have a rural dimension here. They've been operating, and in some parts of the county, you maybe wouldn't really even know that there was uh, a pandemic because of the movement of people that are in the farm community. But uh, these essential businesses have all taken really strict precautions, and it's why I think the virus has been confined the way it has because of social distancing, people wearing masks, uh, good sanitation practices have been paramount. But, uh, you know, you, you drive into a community and, um, you know, the middle of the week that would be buzzing with people going out of uh, eateries and small business shops, et cetera, like in downtown Edwardsville, nobody's parked on the street. There's there's literally has been nothing. Um, and that's true like in Alton as well as Collinsville and and these other communities uh, make up in Madison County's uh, um, commerce. So, you know, in, in looking at how do we restart this and, and how do we make sure that people feel safe, you know, even as the business is open and, you know, recommendations, you know, like 25% capacity maybe happens. You know, can a business survive on one in four customers being able to be in their business? So this is going to be the challenge. As, as to when we open uh, these businesses and they can open safely without, you know, any uh, restrictions that we make sure that the, the virus is, is not resurgence. And I think that's first and foremost on, on everybody's mind. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I saw, I, I read the Tribune regularly, and I, I saw the Tribune gave Cook County a D on social distancing mm-hmm. the other day. I thought, wow, I'd give Madison County an A uh, because, uh, you know, people really obeyed this stay in order and uh, they have really done a good job. And that's why in our in our county, Ben, we've only had 500 cases as of yesterday, uh, total cases in which 30 percent of those cases have been in nursing homes Mm -hmm. uh, confined. And, And so. Uh, you know, actively, you know, our county is about a population of 270,000 people. And, um, uh, you know, we only probably in the entire county on active cases, uh, currently we're probably only around 200. So residents have done the work here of, of really obeying this, uh, doing things like you are staying in your attic, you know what I mean? Trying to find things to do, uh, not spreading the virus is key here. So, uh, but Missouri is now opening right across the river. And I think that's made a lot of people on this side of the river really anxious. And they want the governor, you know, to, uh, you know, relax the stay in order. Um, many of these businesses have been faced with, well, do they violate the governor's executive order? And uh, they don't want to lose their license and they don't want to be punished. Uh, I, I know. I don't know if you've read these reports that the governor has has indicated that if you open without permission, you know, you risk losing your professional yeah. license. Uh, you could face uh, charges of reckless conduct, and uh, you know, good business people don't want to do that. Uh, so I think it would harm their business in the future as well. You, you, so we uh, we are ready. Uh, I I hope uh, you know the governor gets the message here from uh, downstate Illinois that. You know, we're ready to move to phase three of this uh, uh, plan, mm-hmm. and uh, we're ready to get things going again. All right. Now, uh, you've given me a lot of uh, uh, questions I want to ask you to as follow-ups, and uh, let's just start with this. Sure. Uh, you, you, what you laid out 
the 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 very responsible response of folks in Madison County sort of defies the stereotype of downstate that people in Chicago have, based largely on the antics of some of the Republican legislators like uh, Darren Bailey, who mm-hmm. t- talk about how there's there's resistance. They don't believe in the need to stay at home. They're going to defy the governor. They've gone to court. They want a judge's ruling. I realize this is not Madison County. This is further to the east of Madison County. But the right. point Clay is, County. yes, Clay County. But the, the point is, is that p- uh, people in Chicago have this notion that downstate uh, residents are just openly defying and have been openly defying the stay-at-home order. What you're telling me is the exact opposite. Part of the reason why the uh, infection rate is lower in, in, in your neck of the woods is because people mm-hmm. have been following the rules. Is that correct? That, that's correct. Now, I will tell you that last Tuesday there was a vote in Madison County, and it was led by uh, my opponent, the current county chairman, to defy the governor's executive order. And he got it to carry through the county board. But after it did pass the county board, he said, if you open your business, you're at your own risk. They're not going to help you if you get in trouble. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. Yeah. But uh, so people are just like, well, you know, who, who's going to take this risk? You know, what I mean, if there's not really any support in this policy or in this resolution. So uh, it just uh, most people have have stayed the course here. And we want to do this right. Uh, and we, we want the governor to recognize the metrics that are here. I mean, uh, if you go to the Illinois Department of Public Health website, which is really, there's a great map on there for residents to see, you know, really the condition of the entire state. And, and by the size of the dots that are shown on there, uh, areas that are really containing the spread of the virus. And, you know, the unique thing in this region is that our biggest issue with COVID-19 is in our extended care facilities, uh, not so much out in the general public. Uh, and you mentioned that, uh, by the way, that, that the point you made about the liability issues are very good. And Rich Miller wrote an excellent column a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about this is a very real, uh, a, a very real consequence that uh, all uh, cities or towns or counties will face uh, if they defy the, the governor on this issue of staying at home, there's liability issues that crop up, lawsuits that crop up. Do you follow what I'm saying? So, oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Um, that, and it's, it's, what, it's what good business people are self-conscious of, and it's why they, they're staying the course here. Uh, till you know, I mean, legally that they that they can open up and do this right. All right, uh, let's uh, let's talk about what your position is on the notion of punishing a business uh, that violates the stay at home. Uh, do you think the governor should resist the temptation to, to yank licenses from businesses that decide to open again? Well, I let, let's say this: I, I think there should be a warning issued to the business. Okay. Uh, asking them first, uh, you know, to to close. And, and this warning has been given in some places. I know it was over in Quincy. Guy closed the bar after he got the warning. I was listening to this on a, a program the other day. Uh, if a person is re- reluctant to follow the advice, uh, then they suffer the consequences, you know, because uh, there's a reason that we have the order that we have, and it's for the good of all, mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, so that is uh, uh, r- really how I feel about it is, is that but the governor has to realize also that this region is ready to move to the next phase of this and, the, and truly safe, we can safely reopen businesses here. And that's something he needs to recognize and, and not hold it against the residents because of poor judgment of a few. Yeah. By the way, just so I make uh, clear the point you were making earlier, you talked about Missouri opening up, Missouri right across the river uh, from Alton, uh, that Missouri is opening up and residents are w- watching that with some concern. I assume that you meant when you say they're watching it with concern, it's not that they're worried that there's going to be another outbreak of the virus because Missouri is opening up, but that they're concerned because that will just drive commerce uh, to Missouri as opposed to Illinois. Am I correct in that? Exactly. That's exactly right. They're afraid of losing business across the river that may not come back, you know? So, uh, and Missouri's opening uh, eateries and bars uh, with some restrictions. Uh, and so, you know, when you're that close to it, it makes those business owners here get anxious. Mm-hmm. Bob, overall, I know you ran against J.B. Pritzker in 2018. Overall, how would you assess his performance uh, during this pandemic as our governor? I've been impressed. Um I I will tell you I, I had to commend him, uh, especially the way he handled it at the very beginning, um, uh, making daily appearances, giving updates, bringing on medical experts, uh, leading the country now in per capita testing. Uh, I got to take my hat off to him. Uh, however, um, if I could sit down with JB and have a beer today, I tell him, look. We we've got to we we got to look at Southern Illinois and we've got to we got to allow these people to open up because if we don't you know we're going to uh, create you know more more anxiety and and we're going to create social unrest here. What do you mean by social unrest? Well, you're going to have people doing what we're talking about about defying the stay in order, mm-hmm. okay? And then you're going to have uh, police that are going to be asked to shut down places and uh, you're going to have people that are going to be angered and uh, um, I, I, I just don't uh, want, want to see that take place. Do you feel that uh, downstate Illinois has a voice in the administration, that the administration uh, is listening uh, to points of view like your own? I think they do. I, I think we have some uh, a good legislative delegation that uh, is trying to work with the governor and his staff to help them understand the metrics, and that was a little. That was one of the reasons that I was a little upset that our, our county moved forward with the resolution they did because I think it made it look, look a little bad uh, that we that we did this rather than work with our legislative delegation through the governor's office. What, what's the makeup of the county board in terms of Democrats and Republicans? Uh, it, it's a uh, fifteen to fourteen split. Republicans have control. 29 members. Good God, that's right. a big board. Uh, 15, mm-hmm. Was it a party line vote? Uh, no, in fact, it was a 26-2 uh, a vote. Um, and there were many Democrats that were afraid not to vote for it, that they'd be viewed as anti-business. Mm-hmm. And uh, two individuals uh, said that they would not go against uh, an executive order, and I commended both of them. I think they did the right thing.
Well, I've got to give them credit. That's a vote of conscience. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about their exercising uh, their conscience at this moment, you know, on both sides of the issue. And uh, yeah, there could be some consequences for someone who has the guts to, <laughs> to, to be the only two voters. Uh, I right. was, you know, I always applaud aldermen in the city of Chicago down through the years, Bob, who had the, the guts, in my opinion, the courage to stand up to a powerful mayor when they disagreed with him or her. And so I've got to, I don't even know who the, they are, the Madison County board members, but I give, I tip my hat to them. Uh, they had the courage <laughs> of their convictions. Uh, so I just need to know this. Do, do uh, Madison County board members run in districts or do they run countywide? They run in districts. I, I served on that board. I, I represented District 4. Uh, for a period of time before I became regional superintendent, you you run a defined population district. I see. Um, uh, by the way, how successful do you think businesses will be once they reopen? I mean, this is a challenge. If you are successful, you are the chair. Uh, this is a, a, a problem you're going to be facing. Uh, how? Right. Well, you know, here, here's ahead. how I think that we become the, the businesses become successful reopening is. Uh, providing venues and uh, working through the county health department uh, to assure that the businesses are, are practicing uh, the, the right procedures to provide safe for their uh, patrons. And I think as patrons see the safety measures and they see those practices uh, that they'll be comfortable returning to uh, barbershops and hair, nail salons um, different shops. You know, I, I saw that, um, uh, read in the Tribune about Kohl's, um, you know, Kohl's stores in, in this area, as well as in Chicago are viewed non-essential. So their doors were not open, but, uh, in a shopping area right near us, uh, there's a Kohl's and there's a target. People go in and out of target. Uh, and this has been one of the big questions. Why can target be open and not Kohl's? Yeah. And, uh, so this is why I believe it's time that if we've, if we've shown in an area over this period of time that you can shop at Walmart, you can shop at Target, um, you can shop at uh, Home Depot or a Lowe's or any of these places and we're not spreading the virus, mm -hmm. then these other businesses should be able to reopen as well. Bob, I just have to say before I move on that uh, you and I share something in common. My wife uh, is a hairdresser, and uh, her business has been closed now for uh, – over two months so i know what i know the situation your family is facing so uh, thank you and uh yeah I, th I believe that uh she'll be back uh, i'm hoping fingers crossed in the, the next phase she'll be able to go back and uh go so back. i'm gonna share with you something my my wife owned a salon for a number of years and uh she she got out of being a proprietor in a salon and she has now um contract customers and she does nursing home care where the COVID outbreak is the worst. So we, we have great concern about her going back to work. Yeah. No, that, uh, she, she'd be very cautious about that. Uh, yeah. and, and she, she does Omen's work. She does a lot of Alzheimer's work. That is, that is Omen's work. Patients. Um, mm -hmm. all right, Bob, let me move on and I'll ask you the question I always ask you when we talk, and that is getting a uh, downstaters to vote Democrat. Uh, in the upcoming presidential election, it's going to be particularly challenging with so much talk of rebellion in the air uh, from downstate Republicans. 
uh, trying to, to fire up their base. Joe Biden obviously is going to be the Democratic nominee, or it looks like he's going to be the Democratic nominee. What's sort of your, your sense of how uh, voters in your neck of the woods are uh, feeling in regards to uh, the presidential election? I, I guess it'll depend how much sanitizer Trump uses between now and then. <laughs> uh, not, not being sarcastic, but, uh, you, you know, I don't think Trump's going to be as, uh, is going to bring the numbers that he did uh, when he ran in 2016 in downstate. Um, there's a lot of farmers, you know, the commodity market's tanked. I mean, the price of corn today is $3.20. Um you know, there's there's people that voted for him that just are not going to vote. There's no more coal mine jobs than there were when he ran. Uh, steel industry hasn't boomed like he said it would. Um, there's just, you know, th- those people that came out that said Trump's going to make America great again and br- bring about all this economic prosperity, it just did not happen. Um, so th- those are going to be, I think, some some individuals, and I hear it, that people say, I voted for him and I'm voting for him again. Uh, I think the key here for Joe Biden as to whether or not who he attracts is, uh, to vote for him is who his running mate is. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I read recently Tammy Duckworth supposed to be getting one of those interviews. Um, you know, you put da- Tammy Duckworth on that ticket uh, with her military background and uh, her popularity uh, throughout the state of Illinois, I I think that uh, she would bring a lot of Democratic votes uh, to that ticket in Southern Illinois. Uh, and uh, what's the attitude toward Joe Biden? Joe Biden's uh, calling card in the electorate in the uh, primaries was that he uh, was the kind of Democrat who could work with swing voters and moderates and centrists and. Uh, Republicans, even. Uh, and- well, you just you, you took a few of the words out of my mouth. I, I you know, in, in talking to um, residents, you know, a lot of people see Joe Biden as more reasonable um, than they do Donald Trump. Um, you know, the the one the one factor that people point out is, is Biden's age, um, but uh, that's why I think his running mate is so essential mm-hmm. uh, as who he picks. Yeah. And, uh, but I think Biden is uh, very strong with local unions. Uh, he's, uh, uh, strong with, uh, families in this area. Um, I, I think, I think he's got a, a shot to do much better uh, than Hillary Clinton did in Southern Illinois. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, uh, by the way, I just, when you said his age, I just want to point out that, uh, the current president of the United States won. Donald John Trump is no spring chicken either. I, he's got a birthday coming up, uh, Bob, and I believe he's going to turn 74. So it's not as though, uh, you know, Justin Bieber's running uh, from the Republican Party, uh, that's for sure. Uh, all right. Well, but, you go but ahead. he tans regularly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that'll, <laughs> yeah, you good point there, Bob. All right, now I'm going to close with this question I've been meaning to ask you for a long time. And Dennis and I have been having this debate, and you're going to settle okay. this thing. All right, Bob, now, I'm, I'm, all I'm right. from Madison County, 618. You know, these guys never heard of pork steak? They're very good, pork steaks, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. That's not the issue, or the pork steak. He loves no pork No one in the steak. city knows about pork steak. So we've been having this yeah. debate, Bob, for a long time. Dennis is from downstate. He's from Alton. And right. uh, somehow or other, this conversation came up. I can't remember how it came up, but it's been going on for two years. And I, 
made a reference to the singer Bruce Springsteen, and Dennis said that people downstate don't really like Bruce Springsteen. They love Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett is far more popular downstate than Bruce Springsteen. And I said this, Bob, even though I don't know anything about downstate, I don't believe that. I believe that Bruce Springsteen is more popular than Jimmy Buffett. So you're going to settle this one. Boy, I tell you what, this is putting him on the spot. I'm you know? nervous. Hey, <laughs> Poor Bob. Hey, like, I, yeah, go I, ahead. I, I am going to have to tell you, I, I think he's right. I think Jimmy Buffett is more popular. That's correct. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bob, you just made this young man's day. He is so happy right now. <laughs> He's been saying, I told you. And and I'll tell you why. I think it's been the the outdoor venues that he's done in in the St. Louis region that's made him popular. And I always say, because I'm from Alton, right by the river, uh, people in in Alton treat that river like an ocean. You know what I mean? So they love Jimmy Buffett. So that's it. That's That's exactly why. I, I can't help it, Ben, but that's the truth. All right, now, so you think, all right, all right, so you think that in general, Jimmy Buffett is more, look, he, Bob, if you could see Dennis right now, he's beaming. This is the greatest thing. <laughs> Finally. You, you, th- this debate has been going on for two years, man. Uh, all right, so. Uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully we got we got a little bit of consensus on it here. Right? Well, <laughs> you got his Now, here's the tough question. All right. All right, you, I asked you, who do you, uh, people in general uh, prefer, who do you Bob Diber prefer Jimmy Buffett or Bruce Springsteen? Well, I prefer Bruce Springsteen. Oh, okay. Uh, that's just that's just my opinion. I mean, I just, I've always liked his music really well. So. Uh, I'm a big fan of Bruce Springsteen, and even though it's two to one, uh, the two downstaters against me on terms of the general preference, I still think we should bring this to a larger vote. I think we should. <laughs> We should have a referendum on this one uh, in Madison yeah. County. Hey, go Cardinals. Yeah, maybe Am I right? a, a survey monkey. Yeah. Survey. It, so. Bob Diber, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, we'll bring you back on real soon. Get some updates from Madison County. All right. Ben, I always, I always enjoy being able to be on your program. And uh, thanks always for being so cordial and uh, asking for my opinion uh, for this part of the state of Illinois. Very good. You take care. Stay safe and sound. That's, you too. Mm-hmm. That, that, take care. Bob Diber, the uh, downstate Democrat. Told you, man, Jimmy Buffett. And uh, you were right. Uh, well, you were right that Bob Diber agrees with you, but you're probably right. I may have to make this concession. I don't even know anything about that. You know, I'm a stubborn guy, D. I'm still no. holding out. You? But, but can I just say one thing? What? Bob, Bob Diber's a great guy. He split that one. He gave you Buffett as more popular, but he himself preferred Bruce Springsteen. Love Bob Diver, by the way, D. I wish I had voted for him. I'll say it again. I think he'd be a great governor. Anyway, uh, that's the great Bob Diver. He's running for county chair in Madison. We're going to definitely bring him back, right, D? Yeah, absolutely. Wait, hold on. Boy, you give the newsroom a little bit of airtime, and they want to jump back on. We got Uh-oh. another update oh, here. Okay. Hang tight. Come on, give me the story. <laughs> You're embarrassing me. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. Is that a cloud? Good God. What? The cloud from the newsroom. Oh, that dirty pot. By the way, is there any Darren Bailey updates? Nothing? Dude, your wife was in there smoking pot with the newsroom. Whoa, man. Hey, what what about social distancing? I don't know. Are they sharing a joint? (laughs) All right. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. And no, not France Bielman. Tommy Two joint? No, not Tommy Two. He's in the bathrooms. (laughs) It's Nadir Isa. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Uh, let's see here. Sometimes here, the, this is involved as a Chicago Teachers Union. Shout out to Stacy Davis Gates. Check out D 
Gee. Check out our recent interviews with Stacey Davis Gates at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites. All right, on to the story. The Chicago Teachers Union is suing federal and local education officials over special education regulations that union alleges have created a, quote, impossible burden for school workers and threatened to interfere with student learning during the coronavirus pandemic. The union filed a nine-page federal lawsuit Tuesday against the U.S. Department of Education Education Secretary, and well, no one's favorite, Betsy DeVos, <laughs> and the Chicago Board of Education, claiming that its members are being forced to, quote, conduct a whole-scale redrafting of students' special education plans in the final six weeks of the school year. Yeah, this is, uh, I actually saw this, I think it was in the real paper, uh, and uh, yeah, special ed students are the ones who are really getting lost here in the shuffle deep with the pandemic shutdown because they're the ones who really depend depend on the classroom and the the, the wisdom of their teachers the most so yeah this is um all right, and we have another uh, business defying the state order. Uh, a hair salon in Springfield, Illinois, is open and cutting styling hair as the legislature is coming back into session this week. Riley Craig Schaffer, the owner of Bow and Arrow, says uh, she is prepared to deal with the whatever the ramifications are of being open and ignoring the stay-at-home mm. order. I do not believe that J.B. Pritz Girl Yank licenses. You heard Bob Diver talking about that. That would not be prudent and uh, uh just cautioning the governor i hope the governor listens to some downstate voices and uh, bob diver would be a good voice to listen to but just I, going that's just a step too far in my humble opinion d and uh, i have a sense that in the next phase uh hair salons will be reopened anyway uh so no no, no updates on darren bailey there by the way oh yeah i do have an update on darren bailey D-B. uh yeah thank you for reminding the me big feller uh my update is simply a picture uh ben was wondering about old db and uh you listening uh can't see the picture but boy ben will be very animated about it when i show him <laughs> ben look at this picture here i see a picture of someone without a mask oh big feller Uh-oh. no mask darren bailey <laughs> without a mask okay. what, what would you say he weighs it looks like, a, like 265. 265. Yeah. I had him. It's 275. Big yeah. feller. Big feller. Yeah, big feller. So uh, Madigan did not have the police yank him out? Uh, that's, it says here, uh, inside BOS, that's Representative Bailey without a mask. And that was at 1 o'clock today. So uh, no report as to uh, old boy right, getting we'll, kicked out. We'll get the but Pritzker, I think Ben's right. You know, go downstate. Have a pork steak, go to a tavern, <laughs> listen to some Jimmy Buffett, kick back, I don't know, smoke a doobie, talk with Bob Diver, and, uh, you know, get the downstate opinion a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's interesting you advise him to smoke a doobie if you were to listen to Bruce Rauner. That was his appeal. Remember that, D? His appeal. I'm against that, that cannabis. That's upstate stuff. Ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, so, yeah, I do believe you should start listening to downstate folks and... Um, Maybe it's time to relax things downstate. You know what I'm saying? And before we ride out of here, everybody, make sure you download tonight's part two of the Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, well, we're talking about the Bulls yes. and the last dance. Who's our guest Tommy again, Ben? Tommy uh, who used to uh, do the sports for various radio uh, TV stations. Total Bulls junkie. We're going to continue this going. I've decided one level of for me to keep my sanity is to have a weekly uh, basketball discussion. Uh, once the last dance is uh, over, I mean, discussion of the last dance is over, we're going to just talk. Once, 
the doctor's been very nice. And you go, oh, go ahead, Ben. So we're going to have a lot of uh, guests coming in once a week, talk basketball, all kinds of things about basketball. D, I got to do something to keep my sanity. All right, D? So, I know, I know. You know, so uh, anyway. And by the way, the doctor loves bass. He puts on this I don't like basketball thing. This You're guy, welcome, political fans. <laughs> guy loves it. Anyway, this is a great show today. I really am glad we reached out to Bob Diber. Uh, it's always fun to talk to him. And um, he, I think he's a voice of reason and a voice of sanity that the Democratic Party should listen to. And they probably should have given him more votes back in 2018. But uh, thank you very much, Bob Diber, for, for being such a good friend of the show. And, of course, the other fellow from Alton, the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. And as Bob Diber will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him White Lightning. Give yourself a raise, take it up any cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. perfect person but we gotta get down to business this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine that's correct